You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord. This is Tom Roche. And we are here for a brief introduction to tell you about a recent video podcast. Is that the right word to that we guessed it on? Or YouTube episode of a YouTube channel. Yes. YouTube channel is probably the best way of doing it. I, I am not hip on all the <laughs> lingo that the kids use nowadays. So, um, but yes, uh, Scott Orr from the YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Everything uh, Gen- everything Phil Collins. Everything Phil Collins. I am horrible with remembering the names <laughs> of these things. We are what what's our podcast called? So yes, everything Phil Collins. And uh we had a great chat with Scott over there. He listened to the podcast and wanted to do something with with his channel to have us on there. And he also graciously said that we could drop it as a podcast, you know, a little bit after he had his video stuff up there. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah, he's been doing this channel, it looks like, for a little over a year. I think he has several hundred videos. He's he's definitely more prolific than than we've been. <laughs> yes. I think he said he does a weekly show. I think so I think he does a weekly show and it it focuses mainly on Phil Collins, obviously from the name, but with like ours was Tabletop Genesis, we've dealt dive we've dove into Phil Collins and yeah, Peter Gabriel. So so he dives the other way around into Genesis. So it was nice exactly. for him to to reach out and, and feature us on the show. So what we're going to do is it's going to be the audio. So if you've watched the YouTube video already, you can hear it again without the visuals <laughs> here. Maybe that, exactly. maybe you, maybe you prefer that. <laughs> if you want our voices in your head, we are happy to provide that for you. Yes. It, without, if, without the associated, associated <laughs> visuals. If you haven't watched the video right at the start, uh, Scott is commenting on a poster that I have on my wall that is behind us, which is kind of like a collage of all the Genesis albums. So that's what he's referring to at the very start. Other than that, there's nothing visual that you're going to miss. Right. Exactly. This is uh, it's great to do vi- visual stuff. We've, we've talked about doing some visual stuff we would put on our uh, pod on our uh, YouTube account. Also, we just haven't gotten around to it because I think we're, you know, older and we're inherently lazy. <laughs> so, you know, but with maybe, that being said, oh, go ahead. Maybe we can have our grandkids help us with it. I think so. Yes. You know that or, you know, get some of these, you know, AV people talking about things yeah. to help us out. But anyway, if you haven't watched it, this is uh, the audio of the interview chat. You know, it's 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 much more conversational than just a straight interview type thing. Which is great. I think I've I really enjoyed having the conversations, and we hope you'll enjoy listening to it. The poster in the back, is that a, a custom poster or is it actual album covers? No, custom poster. Okay. What I did when I worked in an office and had, had access to a color copier, 
is I just made color copies of all the CD books, ah. uh, cut them out, pasted them together. So, people. So it starts with from Genesis to Revelation, goes through live over Europe. Yeah. And then these were the video releases. Oh, okay. Besides live, Mama, Invisible, yeah. We Were yeah. Walking, When in Rome. So people are like, why do you have two, three sides live here? I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, one's the well, video, one's the album. Yeah, yeah. Or one's the British, for that the, that other version. Yeah. yeah. Make the argument there. I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. No one asked me about it. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny. I've come across that a similar poster, the one that's missing Duke, and I just think that's why would anybody want that? I that's my favorite album. So I don't. I, yeah, so me too. Yeah. yeah, I have a poster from around the time of the Invisible Touch tour that was probably in record stores promoting kind of Genesis on tour and had a, all the albums listed at the bottom. And this was the mid eighties, eighty six, eighty seven. And Foxtrot was not on the albums. It had Nursery Crime, but went up to Invisible Touch. But because for a while, it was like Foxtrot was out of print on Atlantic. It wasn't on CD or it wasn't. Oh, so why advertise it? It was really hard to, it was either hard to find or they hadn't issued it for some reason. Crazy. And then when it finally, it finally kind of showed up. And I remember for a while, it was like, the lost for me the lost genesis album it may have been one that i found oh, oh that's on, cool on, on used vinyl somewhere first before having it on cd oh that's really cool i've, I've seen posters where it starts with trespass but i think that's oh. understandable since i think uh, you know jonathan king owned right. the rights and maybe oh, they just were yes. well this is the catalog that we have access to yeah so a lot of them to start with trespass but yeah, yeah it seems like a weird thing to leave out uh Foxtrot yeah, and, or do yeah. well I must it must be a licensing thing eh? it must be the only thing they didn't get an infinite license to that's that's too bad anyway um we're getting so into the weeds already so um <laughs> does it ever let me ask you this does it ever surprise you that we're all here talking about a group of musicians who did something in some cases 50 odd years ago and yet and and I mean haven't done anything new creatively um, in the past 30 odd years. And, and so, you know, but here we are, everybody's tuning into your show and, and there's Facebook groups that with thousands of people talking every single day, discord and Reddit. Does that surprise you that like, we are still so passionate after all these years and without still being, I mean, obviously there's new stuff that we get to consume, but uh, I just find that so surprising. I'd say yeah, sometimes yes and sometimes no. Like, yes, obviously, if you just looked at it on paper, sure. say, all right, this chatter would have died out in <laughs> the late 80s, early 90s. And, yeah. you know, you might have a couple of people getting together and talking about the good old days. But I think it says something about the music that it, it hit all of us in a certain way at a certain time and made such an impression on mm. us that it's so as Phil say, near and dear to our hearts, that it has the staying power that when we do talk about it and think about it, it elicits such good memories. Mm. And we have such a connection to the songs that we want to keep it going. Like, yeah. and we want to talk to like-minded people uh, that have that same experience and feeling with the music that we did. And it just, it, it feels like it's still alive, even though, as you said, 30 years have gone by. 
Yeah. And and that's like like Tom and I met because we were both on the official forum on the Genesis website back sure. in the late, you know, 2006, 2007 timeframe. And that I think was one of those things, kind of that early Internet era. That wasn't even that early. <laughs> it was just like, oh, like you could find kind of slices of fandom that you didn't know were out there. Yeah. And that if you had one friend in real life who was into Genesis or whatever movies you liked or whatever. And then all of a sudden you could find hundreds of people who were talking about this stuff at the same level that you were at. Like I, I knew other people who were Genesis fans in high school or whatever, but, but not to the level of detail or obsession that I had gotten into it. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's, it, it is that like, oh yeah, I like Genesis. Isn't the thing with Phil Collins? And then you're, you're like, oh, but let me tell you this story. But, <laughs> because people don't, not everyone dives into things. And there's plenty of things that I'm a fan about that I don't dive into the weeds about. Agree. But I yeah. think that for those of us who do dive into the weeds about it, there's been this ability to connect with, you know, other fans and people like that. And then, you know, become, you become kind of semi-friendly with people. So <laughs> Semi. I remember well, the uh, the first time I saw the musical box was in 1997 at Irving Plaza in Manhattan. And it was the first, you know, I was the only person who knew the Peter Gabriel era among people mm -hmm. I knew, my friends. Mm -hmm. uh, so going there and having a packed standing room only general mission crowd I'm right up front where the entire place is singing the songs that you thought mm -hmm. only you knew. It was a, a one of a kind experience that mm. I'll never forget and actually showed that, you know, these are my people. These are the yeah. the ones yeah. that I belong to and that I've been, we are aware of each, you know, we weren't aware of each other, but once we met up here, we know, like, okay, these are the people that have loved this band as much as I have loved them. Yeah, it's so true. And what you said, Mike, about y there are friends or people around here I can talk to about Genesis, maybe uh, about Phil Collins for sure. But it's really just Easy Lover and Sue Studio <laughs> to find someone online and say, find a way to my heart. You know that song? And so, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's incredible. That's I, yeah, I think, think you're right. I think it's without the Internet, it would be so interesting to see. I mean, we, we just wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if people are still passionate about this band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's it's like that's where I mean, I always kind of thought that, and this is that I mean, there's a lot of pluses to the online fandom and everything, but there's also it can be a little narrow-minded at times too, in mm -hmm. a way that not as a ne I don't want to make it sound negative or overly negative, but back when I mentioned Tom and I met on the the official forum, the website for for the band, and. There were a couple people that I was friendly with and still am friendly with who would talk about like, oh, well, this is what the real fans want. <laughs> and I'm always a little hesitant whenever I hear the phrase kind of real fans or whatever. It's like we're slicing things a little too too fine. And I and I was always kind of went back and said, like, there are 8000 people registered for this forum. I was like, that's not even half an arena going yeah. to the concert. Yeah. And I was Good like, point. so, yes, we are a voice. And this is something that. That's we, a great you know, point. But it's like, but yeah. we can, you can sometimes get a little bit too closed in and yeah. think that, oh, me and my friends all think that they should play Supper's Ready at every tour, which maybe they should. <laughs> but I could totally get from the same point, of, from a different point of view, why the band goes, 
only like five or ten percent of the audience is gonna know this stuff. So sure. are we gonna yeah. do this chunk of music or something? So it's it's totally true. I think that there's I don't I, I as much as I love online fandom, I also don't want people to get too to thinking that it's the real world either. Mm, so yes. there's that balance yeah. to it. I, yeah. I like to think of it like and when I go in to read people who are like super critical or or attacking other Genesis fans, there's always going to be someone who is in the early stages of their Genesis fandom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it. We're used to it. We've been a fan of this band since we were there, yeah, eighty six mm-hmm. or and that that's. I mean, there were people who obviously were fans long before, but eighty six was our entrance way. But there are people who are discovering this band either maybe through their parents or through sure. just happenstance, and are discovering this catalog. And they're going through what we went through in 86, where this is all brand new to them. They're super excited. This is a world that is, you know, just they're entering a larger world now. And it's tough to see when they post excitement about it (sighs) and get hit with the longtime fans saying, oh, yeah, we already knew this. Oh, that's been (laughs) online a long time. It's like totally lay up a little bit. This person is like never squelch someone's excitement over a band or a piece of music because you've known it longer or were there yeah. first. It's like everyone's coming into it at their different times. We're all supporting each other. Yeah. Why yeah, can't I, we all just get along? Totally agree. And also you really, the internet has shown us too how, I'm going to talk about this later, but about how there is such a diverse opinions. And I've done surveys and I've seen people's comments. And to, you know, when somebody says their favorite song is another record from Abacab, and then somebody else puts that at the very, very, very bottom. And it just blows my mind when I think, wow, I've never heard anyone come on here and say their favorite record is Calling All Stations, except for you. Con- you know what I mean? Congratulations. God bless you. Like, it, to me, it's uh, it, that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. And the thing is, the, the fan base is diverse enough that you're going to find that random person that Calling All Stations, for whatever reason, speaks to them the most. Yeah. yeah. And and they're not wrong about it from their point of view, oh, yeah, and that's yeah. what's that's what's really nice about it. And I actually, it, it's funny you mentioned another record. That's that's one of the, the song from Avocab. I probably find playing in my head more than anything else if I'm walking around somewhere. Interesting. And I remember I think when we talked about that album on our very first episode, like that's the song that doesn't get a lot of love. But I'm like, I have always loved this song. Interesting. And it's not. It's it's probably not even in my top quarter of genesis songs but it's it it's a mood that i that i really like yeah genesis yeah we do the polls too and and you probably find it with your polls is that almost all the album polls we've done at least every track is getting one vote right for their someone's favorite track so a, a track that you could dismiss uh Another person, an, uh, an example of that I think is a song that I've heard people talk about is Hold On My Heart. Right. Some people might dismiss that as yeah. schmaltzy or yeah. was it the Burt Bacharach type right. of song. And then another person will say, that song got me through my dad passing away or my sure. mom passing yes. away. And it just has a certain meaning. So you just all come into it with your own experiences and life, life experiences. Um, yeah. That's an that's an an album example. That that album is special to me because I was um, maybe eight years old when I got that for Christmas on cassette, and I remember, I you know I was back as a kid. I was listening to the hits, but as an adult, I revisited it a lot more. 
And a lot of people will post online, you, you've probably seen this, like this slimmed down version of We Can't Dance because it is quite bloated. And I often agree with them on a couple of tracks, but often they'll pull out Hold On My Heart and Tell Me Why and some of my favorite in Way of the World. And these are like my favorite songs on the record. And I, they always, like, I always see people pulling out the songs that are my favorite songs. It's so strange. And it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there, there's a thing, I, I am also a big Star Wars fan, and sometimes mm -hmm. people talk about, you know, humor in certain Star Wars movies, and it's like, oh, if there was 15% less humor, this would be better. Right. It's like, but no, And people might agree on that number, but nobody agrees on what 15% should be pulled out. <laughs> oh. And that's kind of like with, with yeah. album edits, yeah. like, oh, yeah. like Selling England would be better if More Fool Me wasn't on there. Oh, but what about... Uh, after the ordeal, yeah, what about, right. you know, yeah. Peter yeah. Gabriel didn't want this, the keyboard solo from Cinema Show on it. Yeah. So, and yeah. probably still doesn't like it that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. like, but who's right and who's wrong? I mean, that's where the great thing about music is that it does all come down to personal taste and, and yeah. no one can, no one can tell you that Way of the World isn't a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Because it works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, um, there's actually, as we talk about, as we talk right now, and I and I think back to the last couple of years listening to your podcast, and every time there's an announcement in the Genesis orbit, I'm always excited that knowing you guys are going to come up with something, and we're gonna, I'm going to have somebody else to talk about it with. <laughs> if only with I'm driving in my car and I'm giving my opinion, you guys can't hear me, but you know how that works. Um, yeah. There's actually been a lot for you guys to talk about in the past few years. And I'm not even going back as far as 2007, but um, it, it feels like, you know, with, with all of the kind of reunion tours with, you know, Mike now and Phil and, and, and Last Domino, and now we have a new Peter record, um, it, from a seemingly discontinued band, a, 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 you know, a retired band, it's kind of nice that you've, you guys have a, a lot to talk about that's fresh. Yeah. yeah, there was a, a, a kind of a apprehension of when we did the last studio album, Trick of the Tail. Mm -hmm. That was the last one that we covered because right. we did them in you know a different order. Right. Yeah. That was the last full one we did, and I think that was the last one we did with Stacy and Simon. Mm -hmm. That all right, what next? Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's the solo albums. Uh, I don't think we are going to cover every single solo album from every single member, but there's, there's a lot of Ant Phillips out, out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we may not get to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you knew that, all right, What I think what has been great, like you said, there's been a lot of movement in either the Genesis camp with the last Domino tour, uh, Bill Collins' solo tour, obviously Steve Hackett's keeping the legacy alive with his shows, yeah. and with Peter coming on. It, it, it all seems like there's always a little bit of something in the headlines for us to talk about and to hear what other people will say about it because we're just as interested in what other people have to say as what they might think we have to say. Yeah. And with Peter's tour, obviously the selling of the catalog and who knows what where what direction that will take the music in, in terms of releases coming out of back yes. catalog stuff or yeah. reissues, vault stuff. It's kind of like the world is wide open now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's And it's, it's even something like with Peter Gabriel putting out a track a month, mm -hmm. you know, somebody on Twitter, I think, messaged or, or tweeted at us and said like, oh, I can't wait to hear you talk about these songs each month. And and I think I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that yet. So yeah. I, I think I might yeah. have even screenshot and sent that to Tom saying we should do a, a podcast, a mini podcast for each of these songs that comes out because we, we tried to do 
a podcast a month and, you know, some months are better than others for that. Yeah. But, but that's been kind of a nice thing for the last couple months to yeah. kind of build up to this tour and have a presence in talking about each track as it comes out and kind of what both, you know, is it living up to what we're expecting? Should we be expecting certain things from Peter Gabriel at this time? Yeah. And it gets into maybe not quite metaphysical, but kind of like, well, what, what does it mean to be an artist who's 70, you know, two, three years old at this point, putting out new material that has such a legacy to live up to? Mm. Like, I think that's the undercurrent of a lot of our conversations, maybe explicitly or not, <laughs> about like, well, you know, what can you expect from a 70-some-year-old artist? Yeah. And is it going to be the best thing they've ever done? For some people, it might be. Mm. But I think that's an interesting conversation to have that, you know, maybe once all the new stuff is out, we'll get more explicitly into that. But yeah, we, we did get a comment. Uh, I think it was on the Four Kinds of Horses episode. Yeah. Where one guy, Ben DeHote. Okay. He's, uh, I think, from Australia or something. Sure, okay. He just kind of nicely said, you guys don't have to be so nice in, in, <laughs> in, in your, your coded review. Right. Like we were right. kind of being hesitant about praising it. And he's like, you can say you don't yeah, like it if you don't like that's it. That's true. I was, like, I was like, well, I don't think we're being too coded. Like uh, anything he puts out is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Whether, sure. I, I think in the last one, we all, we all we rated yeah, what we right. thought of the releases so far. And there's been some standouts, some stuff for like, okay, that's okay. Like I wouldn't yeah. say anything is awful or that I hate. So I, I wouldn't say we're being, we're holding back on negative comments, but it, it is, it, it's a fun time. Like yeah. it's, this has been great that everything has been coming out once a month yeah. and you get to, you know, it was like Christmas morning every month. Yeah, that's right. The release from Genesis uh, itself, right. so which we still that. have to. Still have yeah, that. I think you know, haven't done an episode on that yet. Not yet. It's no. it, we're, we're working on. We're, we have some stuff on the back end happening with that. So we're <laughs> yeah, working, we're working on some things that I actually need to follow up on now. So okay, okay, but cool. I would think sometime this summer we'll kind of get that out. And it, and it is also a. It's a five disc disc set. It's a lot of music to. I mean, even though it's all re. I mean, in some ways reissued or just yeah. in light circles. It's still a lot to digest to really talk about, you know, competently and everything. So, well, you know, that's one of the things I enjoy about your show, too, is that you have, you know, Tom's initial reaction to four kinds of horses, which is only four or five days old or a week old. And then you have your reactions to Holloway Must Be Going, which is 40 or 50 years old. So, you know, uh, that's that's kind of fun to hear an early opinion. I mean, I would give anything, and I guess you could find newspapers, but I'd give anything to 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 think what was people's reaction when they first heard Sue Studio after Holloway Must Be Going? Or, you know, what was people's reaction when they first heard In the Air Tonight after, uh, you know, Phil coming out of Genesis? Like, that would be really interesting to hear a podcast from that time. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny is that sometimes people have said to us, and and you might get this also, kind of having the YouTube channel and everything, where sometimes, and this, and it's not a invalid thing, but sometimes older fans, older than us, will say, "Oh, you know, I'd be great to come on and talk about what it was like to be a fan in '73 or something mm. like that," mm. which is which would be interesting. Yeah. But also, I don't know if if that alone for us is enough to kind of make an interesting episode out of right and i've encouraged other people be like hey start your own podcast type of thing you know absolutely we are not <laughs> yeah we, we are not the only game in town yeah we couldn't be the only game in no. town 
And because we're coming from a perspective of being, you know, fans who, you know, were born in the early 70s, so became fans in the mid 80s. And so while we might really love the early stuff, it was of a different time for us. It was not, it was not new, but it was, but I still always say that like when I went to see Invisible, the Invisible Touch tour, and they played in the cage. That song was old. It was eleven years old at the time. Wow! So that was yeah. That was like was not that yeah. funny. That's and so now crazy. even the band talks about the old material, and I'm like, it's all old material. I know, right? The old medley. Like, what what do you consider to be old now? That's so funny. Let's talk about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. When we talked about like talking to the old fans who might have had experience mm-hmm. with the band before, so I think the the one area where we might have. Uh, thought about inviting firsthand uh, witnesses is doing a show on the Milton Keynes reunion. Right. right. I think I've heard you mention that. I think that would be helpful to have people who were there yeah. uh, yes. to come on and talk to us because I think that's, you want for once in a lifetime event, people who were actually there and can talk about the mud and the rain and right. Peter right. coming on in a coffin. Like that's something you would want first person. But I think other than that, I think that's the only area where we, thought about it yeah totally so we mentioned this a little bit earlier and for me being a phil collins centric show i I find genesis fans to be a little bit scary they're (laughs) every time i touch on a genesis topic i'm a little bit nervous and 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 we have these like i've noticed that there's these tribes and 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 there's probably thousands of them but you have like of course the the peter diehards and i've met personally met people who have completely hopped off at, at, after the lamb. And then you have the prog era people, you know, who are okay with Phil to a certain extent. Then you have the, the eighties, the, the people area era, or I would say maybe those people would be, there's a big group of the everything people, which I would put myself into from Genesis all the way to, to calling all stations. I I love it all. Um, I've even met people on my channel who don't like Peter Gabriel. And so they really only come on around Dukeish or or even after, which I found interesting. I didn't know there were those folks. I'm curious, we've touched on this a little bit, but I'm wondering, are you conscious of those different groups of people when you're putting together guests or topics? I'd say yes and no. I think I think a lot of it is is we kind of I'm amazed. <laughs> I'm amazed that more than 20 people listen to the show. You know, okay. when yeah. it started out, I was like, you know, if we get more than 20 people who are kind of our circle yeah, of Genesis that, friends who listen to this, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. So I think our our idea from the beginning has always been we're going to talk about what's interesting to us because these are conversations we'd be having anyway. Mm-hmm. And so and hopefully they'll be interesting to other people. And and we get, you know, probably around two to three thousand listeners per episode and everything. Wow. Which is That's I think incredible. Yeah. Again, that, that it's more than 20 is, is, <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And so that's been I think that what the the way that we approach it is that, you know, if it's interesting to us, hopefully it'll be interesting to other people. And so, sure. you know, whether it's talking to, you know, we've been lucky enough to have Ant Phillips, Tony Banks, Steve Hackett on the show and everything. You know, I would love to get Peter or Phil on the show. Sure. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Um, Mike would be an interesting person to yeah. talk to. I mean, any of the actual musicians would be fascinating to talk yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and then there's other people like we we've had Mike Keneally, who's a guitarist, who's a big, who is also a big Genesis fan on. Mm. I think that level of guest is interesting also because, 
you know, even if somebody isn't aware of who Mike Keneally is, he played with Frank Zappa in 1988 and everything and has a, a decent but kind of, you know, smaller scale fan base, certainly not a Genesis level fan base mm-hmm. or anything. But but he's somebody that can talk articulately, articulately as I stumble. <laughs> and I think that's more what we're trying to find and, and find whether it's guests that we've had. You know, just other fans. You know, we have yeah. we've had uh, Kate Strat, Catherine Stratton on, who's a big Mike Rutherford fan and kind of ran MikeRutherford.net for a while. Wow. Uh, to have her on to talk about Mike's solo stuff or Mike and the Panics or, and things like that, that's great because it gives a different perspective than you know the rest of us and everything. And and we came into it. I was definitely a Phil Collins fan before I was a Genesis fan. So because in 85, when he was ubiquitous and mm-hmm. and you yeah, couldn't sure. turn the radio on without hearing every third song mm-hmm. from him. So I was a big fan of him first. Uh, so I think we both grew yeah. up liking everything, like liking the Invisible Touch yeah. stuff and then going back and getting the early stuff, liking No Jack Required, going back and getting face value and everything. And same with Peter and Steve and all that. So we get to talk uh, kind of with like a, an, uh, an affection for all of it yeah. and the guests that we have on we usually if we're spotlighting a solo album we want to make sure one that they're familiar with the album and can talk about the music in a way that kind of covers all the areas we want to hit and that they have a special affinity for the album like sure. we've had adam, adam cromelo who's mm-hmm. part of the genesis piano project who's mm-hmm. actually doing some shows in canada uh, oh cool so to speak you know, oh i'll have to look that up uh, I think Quebec. He's yeah, I think so. I think. Mon- oh yes, I did see that actually. Yeah, that's a bit of a ways for me. Okay. So we, we kind of go to them and say, "What solo album would you like to talk about? Like, what mm. is the one that really touches you? Like, we wouldn't go to someone who hates Peter Gabriel and say, "All right, you're going to be on to talk about security." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we do kind of notice the people who are only Phil, only Peter, only. Sure. Yeah. Post Genesis, early Genesis, the people who say Genesis wasn't Genesis after Anthony Phillips left, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Have you... like, it, it's like we, I mean, Tom and I are both kind of all ears fans and generally like you know, most of the stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. because, and, and Stacey and Simon and Ellie were kind of like that too. So it's like, you know, again, with maybe slicing it different slight, slight ways. Yeah. But that's the whole point. I think that that's the point of our podcast is that we're not just the Gabriel era or just the Phil Collins era. And if there's podcasts about those eras, more power to them because they can approach it in their own way. And that, and that's that's Agreed. the great thing about podcasts is that if you have an interest in something, you can do something about it. And we embrace yeah. Phil. Yeah. We, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's so, good. We want to just give him a hard. We love yeah. the yeah. Phil only yeah. movie. <laughs> that's great to hear. And I, have love you your, know... I love your painting on the, in the background. Oh, yes. Thank you. I, I have, um, I've been slowly commissioning my friends and people I meet online to, to do Phil stuff. So I've got three. Uh, I haven't done a video yet on them because I was, um, I'm actually talking with this guy from Florida about doing a bust, like a, like a ceramic bust. Um, it's shockingly expensive. Um, so it takes a lot of convincing um, of, of my partner to make that happen. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you though, like when we're talking about these different topics, have you noticed your audience 
is there is there a spike on certain things when it comes to Phil album reviews versus Peter album reviews or the, the traditional album reviews or your guests? I mean, do you see a spike in numbers or engagement on, on Twitter or on Facebook? Recently, I'd say probably this in 2023 was, it, you can really tell when it's usually the more divisive an album is, the more comments we'll get about it. Yeah. This year when we did uh, Acting Very Strange. Acting Very Strange. Okay. By Mike Rutherford. Yeah. Uh, that uh, so even Simon posted because Simon was our one of our guests for that. Sure. And he got hundreds of comments <laughs> just by posting that he was about to talk about yeah. this album. Oh. Uh, so you you kind of it's the stuff that most people, of those yeah. comments being, why are you talking about this album? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but that's but that's one reason why we did it too. Yeah, because so, yeah. like it, it it was an album that I had never heard before. Yeah, uh, that's... except for one song. Sure. And it, I like that the fact that what we try to do is come into it with different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Mike had heard the album before. Yeah. Catherine Stratton, who was yeah, she and, she liked the album, she, and Steinman had actually really liked the album. So it was interesting to hear their longtime opinions of it my new opinions of it and get all the feedback from people who and i was in the middle there somewhere yeah who sure. would just say oh that's a hidden gem of an album there's some great stuff on it to i wouldn't have my dog go to the bathroom on it so, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah the divisive yeah. albums the ones that really have strong opinions are what people come out of the woodwork i think the listenership is usually around the same but okay. it's the comments where we see spikes yes yes yeah well, and there's sometimes the reason I listen, I would listen to an episode like that is that I'm actually looking for a reason to give an album like that another try, because there's a lot of records. I'm a completist when it comes to the, you know, all of the records, but there's some I just can't be bothered to listen to. But I remember you had on a journalist a couple, maybe last year, who was a big Tony Banks fan, I think. And I remember thinking, you know what? I, I think I really need to give The Fugitive a proper try. And I got a really good copy of it on vinyl. And it didn't work. She didn't convince me. But oh. it was, <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, it's when you hear somebody say, this record is really important to me. And maybe it wasn't Fugitive for her. Maybe it was another one. But anyway, it, when you hear somebody say this record, and actually I will say, I came into my show with, uh, Holloway Must Be Going ranked at the very bottom of, of Phil Records. Well, close to the bottom. And I don't know why. That's always been that way for me, as even as a kid. But when I listened to your episode and the way that you pitched certain songs, I, I completely... Like, it's totally redeeming itself for me. And uh, so I kind of like when I listen to an episode, from, especially from you guys, and uh, it I just see a different side of an album. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we try to... We've gotten a comment many times that a lot of people will say, you made me go and revisit this yeah. and either it then clicked with them or as you said, with Fugitive, it, it you know, they gave it another shot, but it sure. didn't click with them. Yeah. Even amongst ourselves, when we're sitting three or four people, Mike could bring a point to the table where I'll be like, I never thought of it that way. Or I, yeah. or I never saw that part of the song or I never listened to the song in this way. And it makes us, you know, we kind of probably play the album to death personally before we record it. But afterwards, if Mike had said something, I'll say, oh, I'm going to go re-listen to it now. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to be able to bring those things 
to each other and to people who might be listening. Yeah. But, and that, that was kind of gets back to the whole point of why we did this podcast, where at one point we were just sitting around talking about the band and, and Simon said, yeah, well, we should do a podcast <laughs> about this because uh, right. this is back in 2015 or so. And I was like, Oh, sure. Why not? And then like a week later, he's like, Oh, we're going to do it this coming weekend. And I was like, Oh, all right. And, and the very first episode we recorded, I thought on Abacab, I thought it was going to be more of a test episode. Like, is this really going to work? Yeah. We recorded it and it sounded fine. And Simon was like, oh, now I'm putting it out. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. Right. Okay, this is but happening. It, but it was like, you know, having that and having then the feedback of people coming back and saying like, oh, I didn't think of it this way or I haven't listened to it yeah or or like oh I listened to it and it's still garbage or whatever you know yeah <laughs> it's like that's fine but I think that what it comes down to also is that people are able to kind of have these listening to a podcast is a very intimate thing usually on headphones or maybe sure. driving your, in your car and you talked about kind of talking to the radio or talking yeah. to the, yeah. the, the car when you're driving like I do the same thing with podcasts I listen to where it's like, oh, because these people are in your head, you do feel like you know them after a while. You're in the room. Yeah. And it's been fun kind of meeting people in person who've been like, oh, we listen to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, OK. And now like like you've been listening to my voice for however many hours. And yeah. what do you think of me? And it, it's, yeah. it has that minute of awkwardness. And then it's fine because... You're just talking about the music then. It's it's conversations we would be having already. And we were we're just beating away the crowds. And whenever we go out in public, you yeah. know, we have to check hotels under assumed. That's name. right. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> I I love the I actually love the dynamic of uh, I want to go back to the start for you guys because I love the dynamic that you have of that group and and I and I I miss Stacy too because I really loved her kind of teenage fandom for Phil and and for that cuz you know that's uh, you know my how I came into things too. It would have been through uh, Invisible Touch and it would have been through No Jacket Required. And so I, I, I resonate with all that. I disagree with her opinions on the uh, Daryl's guitar solos, but <laughs> I, I resonate with a lot of it. And But I do like that every character, if you will, in the on the podcast yeah. plays a different role. That's kind of important. So you were sitting around, literally sitting around talking about Genesis. Yeah, I, that I can tell you it was when, I mean, Ellie and I were married at the time. We are not anymore. Uh, but the, but it was the two of us and Stacy and Simon, we were just had met up and we we're kind of hanging out and we were in our apartment talking about Maybe we had watched the some of the parts documentary. Okay. And okay. because that was just out at the time. And we were continuing to talk. And then Simon says, the immortal, hey, we should do a podcast about this. Yeah. And I was like, all right, sure. And and you know, it was really Simon kind of initiating things. And then Tom did a lot of the tech. We Tom has always been a friend of Jenna with us in this group, just didn't happen to be I there. I just happened that to not day. be there that day. Yeah. But so, had, I think it was Simon saying. Realizing that every time we would get together mm -hmm. to meet up for drinks or at yeah. a show or a yeah. festival, the conversation would end up on Genesis. Yeah. And wow. it's like, well, why don't we just stick some mics yeah. around us? And, and there was enough agreement, but also enough disagreement or mm -hmm. not kind of, we weren't all just carbon copies <laughs> of each other's stuff. <laughs> like, you know, you can do that. And, and generally, I tend to think that kind of, for a really dynamic podcast, it's good to have at least three people. 
I and see. which is why I think we're trying to bring in kind of a third person, sure, different to be different guests depending upon what we're talking about for the bigger things we do for just the just the to split track. the vote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. that too, and also that it becomes easier to have a dynamic conversation with three people. I think sure. than than four, and that's why five was a good number. Also, I think I like the analogy of five of us in the tabletop, <laughs> five members in Genesis. Yeah, and it yeah. was four for a bit. Now yeah. then we kind of said it was two. We're yeah. to the and my brother we're, we're in the we're in the calling, calling oh, sta- stations yeah. era oh, podcast. But yeah, it's it's been good for these. It, there was a lot of talk. Like it, it was very amicable yeah. when Stacy mm. and Simon. This was I don't know twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Yeah, said that you know they were thinking of just. They were they, gonna finish out the studio. Finish out the studio albums. Like we hadn't the gotten Genesis through all studio. the studio yeah. studio albums yet, and they just said they <laughs> wanted to kind of yeah. Yeah. concentrate on other things. And Simon had some projects coming up, and everything was just like, okay, that's fine. Let's get through the last ones. Yeah. It was kind of like Peter announcing yeah. he was going to leave halfway through the Lamb tour. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just finish the studio albums, right. and then we had. <laughs> it, it was a really good. I think the last. Don't tell the press. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we had to keep it under wraps. The last recording of Trick of the Tail was, I don't say right. emotional, but it was like, this was the last time we were going to all be recording. Yeah. We were in person. It was before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the end of an era. And Stacy's and Simon's opinions and voices were going to be missed because they were a huge mm-hmm. part of the show. And we got a lot of comments saying, you know, they'll be missed. And it's been great to have them back appearing on our albums in, you know, Stacey's been on a couple for Phil yeah, reviews. Yeah, wanted yeah. to talk about those Phil albums. Simon's been on, uh, they'll both be back in some capacity, but like Mike said, we want to yeah. keep it, not just him and I going back and forth. Yeah. It's been great for the Peter releases, but mm-hmm. for an album or a special guest, we'd like to have a third party at least to bounce off ideas and Separate the yeah. when we get into fisticuffs, you know, the big exactly. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like I think that Tom and I are in agreement more than we're not in general. So I it's see, like, see, you know, see. how getting a third person in there also keeps it dynamic and interesting for us because you know, as as much as we enjoy, you know, talking about these yeah. things, we don't want it to be just, oh, I like this, so did I. Oh, great. Next. Yeah. Then it's yeah. it's that's right. it's not yeah. That's fair. We want there to be That's not fair. disagreements, yeah. but like, Thanks. even if you like things for a different reason, that's where, that's, I think, honestly, where we're at in general, because point. we do all yep. like this stuff. Yeah. So, yep. So the, um, it was kind of the dark ages in 2015 for podcasting. I mean, we didn't have, uh, there was a, there was an era, I would say 2016, 2017, um, maybe even 2018, where fan podcasts, where, po- where fans would talk about an entire TV series, go episode by episode. And now, and now there's doing it with bands and with artists and stuff. But back then that wasn't really a thing. And uh, so I think that's really cool. What, what made you think to start with Abacab? Why wouldn't you start with something less divisive? I think uh, we didn't want to do chronological. Okay, okay. Because I that, like that. I love that about it. Yeah, because that I think it was, Abacab was kind of a transition album. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and we thought that there'd be interesting things to talk about with it. I think I yeah. think it was, yeah, we. it's amazing how little thought we should things. <laughs> You know, it's right. like some of the, some okay. things you think would be tortured <laughs> yeah. decisions. It's more like, 
like, oh, we, like to start out with, I think it was just like, Abitab's good. It's kind of in the almost in the middle of their career time-wise mm-hmm. at that point. And it's a Phil album, which I think we did want to kind of start with a Phil album. Sure. Yeah. Probably start with a three-man album too. So mm. and, and Abitab yeah. was one. Yeah. We've talked about actually going back and kind of redoing that because it was the very first thing we recorded. Right. So maybe we would talk about it a little bit differently. Um and we also well, didn't do my poll. Yes. on that show because oh, it hadn't right. been, in, hadn't been yeah, invented yet yeah. and we didn't have any listeners to write to, to anyway. pull uh, <laughs> um, or uh, viewer viewer mail exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. That was the first one we put out there and I think that just you know with a minimal amount of promotion which was just us tweeting about it and stuff yeah. we had like a thousand listeners to that within the first week or two or something Unreal. and it was like oh shit. it was yeah. just kind of shocking yeah. and then we decided to Follow that right up with, I think, Nursery Crime, but because we wanted to go from from a mid, you know, early 80s, the middle Phil kind of era to all the way back to an early Peter era, just to show that, you know, we're not just focusing on the Peter Phil years or focusing on the Peter. So you were scared of the fans, too. (laughs) <laughs> there's a little like, don't hurt us you know? yes yeah. <laughs> but it's been the dynamic of thinking about well what would be interesting for us to talk about mm. and again if that's interesting for us then it's probably going to yes. be interesting for the listeners yes. too absolutely and so and i think that's why we avoided the chronological piece of it but it was a matter of kind of jumping around but i remember like whenever we talked about foxtrot I think we were all a little hesitant of that because we were going to have to talk about Supper's Ready, which was daunting. And I think it was, Mm. I remember when we recorded that, even when we got to that track on the album, it was like, well, here we go. We're going to make either a lot of friends or a lot of enemies talking about this. Yeah, yeah. And with whatever opinion you have, you know, somebody is going to disagree with it. But that's life. That's that's just it. And and I think that for 98% of it, any comments that we've gotten about episodes have been, you know, maybe disagreeing, but polite about it. Sure. It's really been rare at all that we've gotten trollish well, comments at all. I f- yeah, I would, I would say the same, 100% the same for me as well. And, and I, I really take encouragement in what you say about if it's interesting to me, it's probably going to be interesting to 80% of the audience. And, and I find that too. And I do, you know, because I'm trying to do a weekly thing, I, I do some really stupid ideas for videos <laughs> and, and people love them. And, you know, we, you know, just top, top, top 10 lists that make no sense at all. But I think about it when I'm in the shower, driving the car, I think of stupid things like what would be my favorite top 10 favorite Genesis track number threes, you know, put them in order. Like it's fun to do that. I've got nothing else to do. And it turns out other people do as well. So that's well, actually, true. right after this, since we're together and everything, we talked about some of the movie podcasts I do. Sometimes the the pair, the people who do the podcast will do a commentary for a movie. Yeah. Mm. So I said to Tom, why don't we do a commentary on one of the live, you know, videos? You know? Oh, cool. And so it was like, and again, sometimes those commentaries, they're barely talking about what's on screen. It's more just yeah. a conversation. That's right. Maybe about the movie, maybe not. Maybe about, oh, what did you do yesterday type of thing. Yeah. But it's like, I figure, you know, this is for us, again, without having the studio albums, the main studio albums to talk about anymore, it's like, okay, we do have to find new things to do. Sure. So it's a little bit of an experiment. And if people like it, great. And if not, 
then you know if if we don't like it right. maybe like we won't we, we'll, we'll have to have fun doing it yeah uh because it shows if, if yeah. we're just kind of going through the motions because we like oh we should do this yeah. then it's yeah. gonna come across but 100 yeah. percent held us together that we yeah. were all friends for years and uh, as at much least as, yeah and as much as eight I would, or nine years yeah. before yeah. we started the podcast so it wasn't like we were trying to force friendship or banter yeah. or anything yeah. like it was just everything came natural and oh yeah there happens to be a microphone recording it <laughs> much as i would love for stacy and simon to still be part of the the podcast if they weren't feeling it anymore then right they, yeah i i don't yeah. want them to do it out of a sense of obligation but now when they come on and do things you know we it's fun for them All right so, yeah it's, it's a good us. treat so, yeah. it's, a, it's a good treat and like a welcome kind of return of you know, the old crew, you know, our own little reunion. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are we, are you breaking the news here? Is this a, an exclusive that you guys are going to start a YouTube channel and do reaction videos? <laughs> you know, it's, but we've talked about doing YouTube stuff. Uh, one, I think during the winter, we do have a YouTube account channel, whatever. Okay. Somewhere account. buried. Right. Uh, and, and Tom was doing some little videos for that here and there. I did a live stream just as a test to see how it worked one mm -hmm. Saturday evening when I was at home. And I just put out on Twitter saying, hey, I'm going on to here's the link for the live stream. Yeah. If anybody has Genesis questions, pop on. Yeah. There were maybe 10 or 15 people who came around during the course of an hour. Yeah. And it's like and it was kind of experimenting just to be like, can this turn into something? Sure. And yeah, I haven't done it since then, but we've yeah. about doing some sort of video content because i'm not super into video content but i know people are so right. it's like right. if they like it yeah. then maybe we yeah. can do something about it so so I, I guess you can say we're breaking news that we're going to do a, a phil collins focused youtube channel <laughs> yes. good, yeah good luck yeah that'd be well, fun some work in the background <laughs> please please yeah you might, well, you might film it in canada i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing we were talking about is like we're we're going to see we're going to both the Philadelphia and the New York Peter Gabriel shows and whether we record something just on our phones you know we're going yeah. we're going into the show this was yeah. like yeah. like we didn't do that around the Genesis shows but maybe for the Gabriel shows that can be kind of a fun thing to do so we'll figure it out I, do meetups we've had yeah. we've met some people from uh, I think before the Genesis show, who yeah. either listen to the podcast and say, we're going to be at this bar beforehand, yeah. you want to sure. come by and sure. say hi, yeah. we'd love to meet you. And I, I'm amazed and I'm amazed at my own appetite for Genesis related content, Phil related content, and, and I'm insatiable. And, and I think I would encourage you to do the Abacab Revisited because you could do that three times in the next 20 years and I'll continue to listen to it again. And, and for me, I've only been doing this a year and I've already changed my opinions. I disagree with things I said a year ago. I'm sure you find that too. That's the reality of, of talking about this is that both talking about it refines your own. That's right. The yep. why of what you're thinking, but yep. also you hear other friends' opinions. And it, like you said before, it, it may kind of make you look at things from a different perspective. And like, hello, it must be going has always been my number one fill out. It's so funny. That, that's so cool. And it's and it's it's just you know it's one of those ones that what I was a little disappointed when Phil said in his book that it really is that's right. an album whatever blah yeah I'm just like if I could interview <laughs> Phil I'd be like 
that's a better album than you think it is. It's so funny. That's so crazy. That's yeah. my message to Phil. But yeah. But even yeah. that, like you were saying, that was kind of the bo- initially was near the bottom. Yeah. But it's still a Phil Collins album, so it was still probably pretty good for it. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's right. It's got to be at the bottom. Yeah, that's true. What is your favorite Phil album? Oh, but seriously. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people to mention that. So yeah. wonder, we haven't covered that one. I, I wonder who we could have on. Like, Oh, well, you, <laughs> just look north. Look north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, it is so interesting. And and I said, well, listen, guys, I think you definitely should do video stuff. I mean, if you I know it's it's harder to do because the files are bigger. Um, however, I'm what I'm so amazed by is when I put a video out, when I don't overthink it, and, mm-hmm. and I'm shocked that I'm just a nobody and I'm sitting here talking about one song and people tune in and they comment. I just can't emphasize enough the appetite. I was telling this to John Edgington, who I got to interview, the the some of the parts director. And he's been, of course, you're aware of the all the stuff that he's been dumping on, on YouTube. Right, yeah. The raw files. And I just said to him, John. You cannot post enough of that stuff. You yeah, cannot no. post enough. And and he was, I remember, I think we talked about in the interview, he was self-conscious that it, the audio wasn't good and that the video wasn't edited. There was a uh, timestamp in some of it. And I'm like, that's better. It's raw. We want that. Right. So please do video, guys. If you've seen guys. something like that that's unproduced and is just raw footage, you're fine with it because you didn't have access to it before. That's right. And, yeah. And you're able to kind of see whether it's, you know, just Phil talking about stuff or the five of them together, just having conversations. It gives you that yeah. context and dynamic that, you know, five minutes of an edit on a document, on a documentary doesn't give you that. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, that's where I believe Tony is with releasing some of the older stuff. Yeah. It's not perfect in his idea, in his I, yeah. in his mind. It's, there are some mistakes or whatever, or, yeah. or on this demo of this, too. but there's... We, I don't think the fans don't care. We just want to hear, like, yeah. if you have something in the vault, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's from the vault that we've never heard before. So yeah. mistakes and all, we'll we'll take it. Uh, I much prefer my, my uh, I have a, a building a collection of uh, bootlegs, vinyl bootlegs, and th- these are horrible uh, recording some of them. And because they're illegal bootlegs, the, there's no quality checks. So the, yeah. the track listing is wrong and it's a mess. But I much prefer that over even the Genesis box set because of that intimacy. It's an artifact, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a snapshot in time that has been photoshopped to hell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Are you, um, you mentioned, Tom, you mentioned Concord. And are you, um, do you see a bright future for new releases? I mean, I quite frankly, when I saw that ad- announcement, I thought, oh, good. Hopefully it gets those guys out of the way. And and I don't care if it's in the hands of capitalists now because it means hopefully more for us. Are you are you guys, um, what's your outlook on that? I, I'm hesitantly optimistic. I, I feel like obviously they want to make their money back. That's right. Spend a lot of money for this. And if they have access to an output of material, demos, rehearsals, live stuff, and aren't hindered by perfectionists, <laughs> who shall be named Tony <laughs> and Peter. Sure. I I don't think that they see any harm in putting out this stuff going forward. Mm. Uh, so I, I think I, I, I say I'm I hope cautiously optimistic that we will see more stuff coming out that 
as I said, doesn't have to go through all the you know, myriad of QA uh, redubs. Like just yeah. put it out there, and yeah. and they'll slowly you know recoup their money. Yeah. I think that that's where you know putting out you know purple vinyl edition of Susudia will only make them so much money because that's a very fine kind of collector type of thing to you know sell this stuff on record store day or whatever. yeah. But even like a re if they were to do like a Phil Collins box set of you know like I'm I'm always very into demos. It's like I would yeah, I could listen same. to demos or hear them at least once till the cows come home. So if they were to do kind of fill reissues that really dive into his demo process for face value, let's say that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I think there's a, a demo version of every song on face value. Yeah. And they're probably floating around out there. Yeah. Some of them were yeah. on the, on the reissue that came yeah. out mid to mid 2015s. And yeah. yeah. But it's like, but there's, there is more out there and it's like, again, is that going to sell a million copies? Probably not, but it can start, you know, Again, three hundred million dollars is a lot to make up for a right. sale there. Yeah. So, if you want to get some return on your investment, it's on the margins where this stuff can help. So, I am also cautiously optimistic. Uh, it's just going to yeah. take time to get to that stage of you know them figuring out what they actually have, you know what's in what's in the catalog, what they yeah. put out reasonably, and everything. So, they need to release the demo of "In the Air Tonight" that. Phil played. <laughs> yes. I want to hear Tony. I want to hear Tony say no. <laughs> no exactly. thank you. I, yeah. I trust Phil's memory. I do. Yeah. Better than Tony's. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and I think when we talked about in the air tonight, mm -hmm. uh, my theory is that Tony says he didn't play it because Tony's thinking that Phil might have played him the final version like with drums and everything like that That's 100%. and tony's thinking oh i would never turn down a hit like that whereas yeah. i believe phil played him probably a piano yeah. demo of with him no without the bells yeah. and whistles and that's what tony said now nah, that doesn't work for us so and when you hear the demo you should totally get why tony would pass it by too well and any and even tony says we would have ruined it we would have yeah. yes he did yeah and and even though it would have made a good genesis song i i i did i stole your theory without knowing it tom because i i said the same thing is that it wouldn't have been um with that iconic drum fill or the drum sound and the other thing i was thinking was it was post follow you follow me so they were probably listening for love songs right they're probably listening for hits like misunderstanding or um the, the other, the divorce one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think maybe they were looking for more of what could sound like Follow You, Follow Me. Well, there's there's a great thing, I think, on the Duke interviews uh, for um, uh, that for the reissues with the Genesis reissues that came out where I think Phil says they, you know, the record company came back with Duke and said like, oh, you know, there's, there's the obvious single on the album. And he was like, oh, yeah, turn it on again or one of these <laughs> other ones. And they're like, yeah, Alone Tonight. And even Phil oh. kind of rolls his eyes. He's like, that's fine, but it's <laughs> an obvious single. Mm, no. Probably not. So, oh, uh, I didn't know I don't I think didn't it ever was a single, but he, he was kind of saying how the record company thinks that certain things that have commercial potential on them, where the artist is like, really? That's what you Yeah. Doing? Actually, I don't disagree with that from a, from a, a pop standpoint, from right. a ballad standpoint. Yeah. Interesting. So let's go back to Peter Gabriel because he's doing the um, 
we talked about what this new campaign means for your show, which is lots of content and all of us fans are enjoying that. But let's talk about from the perspective of what's, you know, how this is impacting the tour, how this is impacting his legacy and how, what, what, what are we going to get at the end of it? I did a video last week about it. It was very popular. So people want to know. And, and Mike, I love, I talked about your theory in my episode um, about this idea of potentially in the Christmas time, getting all, all the mixes we've got and hopefully a mix that we haven't received yet, which might be the proper record. So aside from your content that, and the fact that, you know, Peter's top of mind, tell me what you think about this campaign rollout and where it's going to go. I think it's interesting because I do think that, you know, being an artist of Peter Gabriel's stature, somebody who has a name and is well-known, but also doesn't have to be tied to the traditional way of putting music out. Mm. I think mm -hmm. that that's, whether this is, Peter is always looking for test of concept. And mm. for him, I think this way of, you know, having this mechanism put up where he can release the music now through Bandcamp, it used to be kind of even just on his website and everything. Yeah, I heard you mention that. Yeah, so it's like, I think it's a very interesting way of putting something out there when you know that most artists who are a name nowadays from the 70s or 80s, if they put it out, out an album, you may get that first week of sales of all the fans buying it, and yeah. then it's dropping off the charts and everything. And does Peter Gabriel really care if he's on the charts anymore now? Yeah, that's a good point. Again, if I were to ask Peter, if I were to sit down and talk to Peter Gabriel, it might be more of that like business kind of type of conversation about like what do you how are you thinking about presenting your music now mm. versus mm. what is your new music about because like sometimes there's that you know inside baseball conversation that can be interesting with that so um so I, it's it, i think that's that a great point yeah i think that there's a lot of opportunity for that and i think that you know it seems like the tour has been selling fine so i think people are definitely interested in going to see you know whatever yeah. he's doing now with it yeah He's not held down to any kind of old standard of got to release a couple singles, then I got to release an album, right. got a tour. I, I really like this month to month syncing with the full moon kind of, it kind mm -hmm. of it builds anticipation every month. You know, it's coming, you know, there's another new song coming out. It, it, so it's, whereas before I don't, you'd sort of get, uh, news of a single being released or, right. or something. I would just hear a new song on the radio. Like I was like, oh, I hadn't heard this before. I didn't know yeah. it was dropping anything yeah. like that. But, and, and his tours, I, I, I said, I'm, I'm trying to remain spoiler free of okay. the set list. Uh, I do know a couple songs. I won't say them for anyone who else sure. also trying to remain. They're not surprises, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to the tour. I think he's going to be playing, as you mentioned in his last video not he's going to be playing a bunch of songs that aren't like show stoppers or loud production numbers like the thoughtful num numbers like if he plays four kinds of horses or if he plays yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the earlier songs like these aren't get up and dance sledgehammer radio yeah. friendly songs but yeah. he's he's more comfortable i think just doing what he wants to do and putting the show that he wants to out so i i'm i'm loving what he's doing and, and the method that he's doing it in 
Well, it must be difficult for these artists to shift their thinking because I'm able to do it as a fan, but to shift your thinking in always writing hits, trying to get to number one, trying to get to number one. I don't know what they would have been thinking in the early 2000s, you know, in the Testify era or Op era. Were they trying to get the top of the charts? I don't know. But it, to me now... I don't think any of us want them to. It's of course it's laughable that they that Peter would have a number one on pop number one hit today. I mean, not to say that I I, I would obviously much prefer his music at the top of the charts than what we're hearing now. But it, of course that's not going to happen. But as us as fans, we want a catalog record that there's Grammys in it. There's some serious records. Things that. Um, I'm, you know, trying to think of other legacy artists that uh, Robert Plant did one, and um, and uh, the um, David Bowie, of course, you know, had a serious record right before he passed away, and so um, I don't think any of us would ever. But it must be difficult for them to shift their thinking, having grown up their whole career trying for number one, to say, no, 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 we don't need to do that. And for Gabriel, it's also it's been so long since he even had an album out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there is that you know, expectation of, oh, what's this going to be like? And mm. can can an artist, you know, when they're 72, shift the world the way they did when they were in 1980, when Peter Gabriel 3 came out? Yeah. You know, that's probably not going to happen. Lightning probably yeah. isn't going to strike twice then. Yeah. Because it, it kind of, you know, you had your moment of, you know, Gabriel talks about So being his intersection with the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And a very intentional one at that. Yeah, yeah. And so now I think, like I said on on our last podcast, I don't think he's interested in it anymore. I think that mm -hmm. he just wants to put out music that he likes, and if other people like it, that's great. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know, the the proof will be when you're at those shows and he plays the new music, and if there's crickets <laughs> chirping afterwards, he might go, "Ah, eh, maybe this isn't a great live track," you know? But, yeah, yeah. But it can build to. You know, all of these artists that we love, the Genesis, the Phils, the Peters and everything, they have tracks that might not have ever been a single, but are great live song. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, can kind of build that. Now, is Peter going to have a long enough, I hate to be realistic about it, but is he going to have a long enough touring career in the, over the next 10 years that he's going to be building new live favorites? Staples, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, this is now, like, at the... Honestly, it's kind of like, oh, is this going to be the last couple times I see Peter on this tour? Yeah, it might be. You know, I know. he hasn't toured the U.S. in a while recently. Yeah. Either, so. yeah. No, it's something to think about for a lot of artists that are coming through, even even younger artists like Bruce Springsteen or you too. It's like, is this our last chance to see them? If you haven't seen them and you want to be able to tell your grandkids, oh, yeah, I saw Springsteen, you know, you, you it, now's the time almost. Maybe like who? Yeah. <laughs> Springsteen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit at, at the beginning, and I won't keep you much longer. But what is it about? And this, I, this is a, a super hard question. But what do you think it is about this band that is keeping us all together? And I mean, one of the things interesting we have, and we've touched on it a little bit is the orbit of albums that you know, and and luckily it keeps. Uh, uh, both of us busy when it when it comes to Aunt Phillips stuff and and Steve stuff and small creeps and all this amazing stuff that's outside of the band. But you know, I, what I, I like what you said. I think it was you, Mike, saying about 
this connection to our past and to that moment when something, when it meant something to us, keeping us young, um, is it, how much of it is nostalgia and how much of it is the music, do you think, guys? I'd say it's a combo. Mm-hmm. It's a good mix. I just, I remember that what really resonated with, with me when I became a fan in the mid 80s was one, the, the quality of music that they were producing, Phil on No Jacket Required, and then in, mm. Invisible Touch. That's when I also got so. Mm. I was a huge Mike and the Mechanics fan in 85. And I just remember being amazed that you had this band, Genesis, where Phil had his own huge solo career. The band had an amazing career. They were they were just about to hit like the, the peak of their popularity. Peter had a great solo career. You had Mike and the Mechanics, or I might have said that, but you and they were all able to come back and go from one to the other. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was it says something about their commitment to the music and to each other as friends. And you know, I was 14 and 85, uh, 15 and 86. So it was right when I was, I guess, beginning to find yourself, yeah. or and so this music just came in at a right time where it resonated with me and just going back. And that was another thing. It was like discovering the tip of an iceberg mm. with invisible touch. Mm. And you go back and realize, okay, well, oh, I guess they also had this eight album in 83. Mm. And oh, they have another one in 81 right. and an 80. And you're and you keep on going back and you're like, yeah. holy cow. And there was like this wealth of material that you got to envelop yourself with. And and at the time it was not it was obviously before internet and before uh, just before cds were coming in but when you would go back to try to find out uh to get some of these older albums it wasn't easy it was like a it was like a hunt and foxtrot was the last one i found on cassette and it was like i it was a holy grail Mm -hmm. it was like just the hunt itself i have great fond memories of going to the whiz which was a store in new york uh area and finding the cassette of Wind and Wuthering and the cassette of Nursery Crime and listening to Wind and Wuthering, not realizing that that's not Peter. And yeah. just having all those re- revelations yeah. surprise me and wanting to share this with other people and not being able to. And now, 30 years later, we have the ability to share this. And so yeah. all these latent desires to become part of this family that didn't exist for us in the 80s now exists with mm. the internet. And I think that's one of the reasons why the music had such staying power. You wouldn't have been able to even find a discography, let alone, like you wouldn't even know what to look for without the internet. No. Well, and that's, it's funny talking about the nostalgia piece of it, because like it's, you know, nostalgia has a bad rap, Mm -hmm. but also maybe a deservedly so. Right. And so, because I think it is dangerous to wallow in nostalgia Mm. and dangerous, not like you're going to, be in a car accident about it or something like that. But it's just, it's it's easy to live in the past and not find, you know, not not meet the music where it is now for you. Mm. Finding, because even when I listen to these albums that I've listened to forever, I try to listen to it fresh. Am I always successful with that? Of course not. But I think that it's more about how is this music touching me now versus in the past? And I think that, for me, I'll use a Phil, a Phil album as an example. I never bought Testify when it came out. 
but when I finally kind of bought it, when I was kind of, you know, trying to round out my collection yeah, yeah. and I listened to testify, I was like, this is a much better album than I gave it credit. <laughs> to. And I think that if I had listened to it in 2002 or whenever it was, when it, when it came out, I would have been 31 at the time, whatever. I might've been just like, oh, this is not good at all. Mm. Um, but it kind of worked for me at a certain level. And both sides is an album that's like that also, where at the time I was like, oh, this is all stuff about this guy's middle age and doesn't quite yeah. know what he's doing with his yeah. life. I'm 22 and I don't care about the problems of a middle-aged guy. <laughs> but now being a little bit past middle age, I was like, oh, I cannot, I, I still not my favorite, but I get sure. the album more than I did in the past. Yeah. And so you're still revisiting it that's a great with, point with the feelings from the past but kind of trying to tr come mm. to it on its own and your own terms mm. with it going and then, forward i think the nostalgia goes so far that's right but the music has to stand on its own an example of that was when we talked about no jacket required which mm -hmm. for stacy mike myself was a huge part of right. 1985 yeah. for us i didn't own it but i knew every track on it right sure. and, and so, so yeah we listening to it takes us back to that time but now listening to the songs in you know 36 years later or whatever it is 37 mm -hmm. there was you know as you, you mentioned stacy's comment on daryl's guitar playing which i'm sure at the time when she when this came out, she didn't have that opinion. Yeah. I mean, you listen to it differently as you get older. Yes, yeah. The nostalgia for for where you were at the time is still there. Whether it can cover up for what you actually think of the songs, it, that might not go as far. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's a great point because I, I No Jacket Required is, is one, when I listen to that, I mostly think of my childhood and hearing it in the car and cassette. And Whereas Trespass, I didn't hear Trespass in its entirely until just in the past five, 10 years and really listened to it. And now it's one of my favorite top three Genesis records. And, and so that to me is, it does say something about the music, regardless of, of nostalgia. It, it stands without nostalgia. I've, I've, I've joked on the podcast here and there about this, where it's like periodically I might have a little bit of a crisis of faith about, <laughs> do I really like this music or is it just that I've listened to it for so long? Oh, I think the same thing. That it's been that nostalgia for it. Yeah. And that's why I really try to kind of approach it both fresh, mm -hmm. but also like when I hear a new out, I've, I know I've used this analogy on the podcast, but if, if listeners haven't heard it, I've talked about, I had a friend who would listen to a new Paul McCartney album and would say, oh, that's garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, Paul McCartney, it's probably not garbage. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. he's yeah. one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century from the Beatles and with the solo stuff. I was like, it's, but you kind of have to listen to Paul McCartney music like you've been listening to it for the, listening to this song for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And oh, it's been in, built yeah. into yeah. your brain already. Yeah. And try to listen to it from that perspective versus this is new and I have nothing to do with it. Whereas some old Beatle tracks, you might want to try to listen to it as if it's fresh. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. there's that thing with some Gabriel stuff now where I'm like, I try to listen to it as if I've been hearing this music for the last 10 years of my life. And do you like it then? You know, is it, that there's a familiarity with it that kind May, of works for Maybe it, so. he would um, get more people to enjoy it if he released it on 
uh, like a tattered vinyl yeah. that just, with the hisses and clicks and pops. Yeah. Tomorrow's episode uh, on the channel, and by the time this interview comes out, it'll be long after that episode, but I want to I wanna give you guys a chance to participate. I'm doing the top 10 best Genesis album openers. I know that's a mouthful. So you basically look at your studio albums. What would you guys say is your number one album opener? No pressure. I think think for most groups that are not Genesis, uh, I think that would be a very easy question because I think Genesis really took the time in in picking their album opener. So it's a a harder decision than if I would say, what's, what's Billy Joel's? best opener i could probably like name two off the top of my head mm-hmm. and the others you know don't really they didn't need to be the first track but they are the first track sure. Whereas genesis always i agree with you let me before you answer let me set the I, let I me have, give... I have a worst one and I do okay have a worst one. okay uh, before you answer let me give you some criteria it to me a, a good album opener is is a good song yes but actually more so just plays the role of setting the tone for the album and getting you into the album as opposed to say invisible touch which is just their biggest album opener but not necessarily their best uh so th- i just wanted to give you that criteria sure well that was the one i was going to say for my least yeah i'm with you because i'm with you it's just the first song it's just the first song and it's a big big. song and i i like that song uh but yeah for it doesn't really set the mood like yeah i know that the one that i say is often my favorite opener is uh 11th earl of mar from Mm -hmm. okay Uh, and i was saying i was sitting here very smugly as tom was was speaking going i've got my answer let's see what tom does (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then I remembered behind the lines. That was yeah. and I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, yeah. the line is really good. But I mean, I'm going to stick with 11th Earl of Mars. That, okay. that grabs you by yeah. the the what is it, the lady balls. Yeah, Stacey sure. would that's Yeah, that's cool. right. Well, here's just a, I'll give you a, a, a peek at the, my list. And this is just a, uh, Mike, this is a great example of, of how different we all are. Because my number one on the list was behind the lines. And 11th Earl didn't make the list. Isn't that funny? But I mean, I... I but do you still like that song? Love it. Not, love it. But I just... There's too many openers, and I really think, yeah, yeah. I really Something's think it's got to be at the bottom. It's something, and I, I would maybe put it eleventh, and I, and I even, I've included <laughs> calling all stations because I think calling yeah. all stations is a great opener. Yeah, that is a good opener, a and I opener. really wish the record. I, I, I mean, I just think it's a really powerful song. It sets it's, the tone. It's a better opener than Invisible Touch was for that album. What totally. would you have open Invisible Touch? I would do tonight. I think the 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 beep up beep. I think that tonight would be a good opener. I don't, I don't know. I was gonna say land of confusion. Land land works as well. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches for them because yeah. when you look back at uh, it is musical box. If you want watcher of the skies, I would dancing say with Brazilian, the, dancing with the moonlit night, the lamb, yeah. Uh, yeah. dance on a volcano. Like yeah, how, how they're all good. They're yeah. all good. Yeah. They're, they're all, all great good. opening yeah. songs, which yeah. set the mood yeah. for the album. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And wait, did you do a poll? Or are you having like 
No, I, I, well, every, every time I do an episode like this, I give the caveat that it's very subjective and that I encourage people to post their list in the comments. And they always do. Everybody gives me their own list. And off, you know, only 10% of the people agree with me. And, uh, but then, you know, everyone's got their own. And, and I just, you know, some, some people will just shock you with their, with their answers. That's on. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's but right. That's the thing. It's like yeah. people, people will, people like what they like, and and once you real, once you realize that it's not worth getting upset over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because back in the right. day, you'd yeah. be almost insulted by somebody's yeah. you know, choice. Yeah. But you know, hopefully, you grow out of that at some point. And so. if I, if, if as we often said on the podcast, if I say behind the lines is my favorite album opener today <laughs> next month i could be listening to Foxtrot and be like nope it's watcher watcher is yeah. the best yeah yeah i know i know it's so weird like that but that's 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 part of it yeah thank you guys so much it's been such an honor to chat with you um yeah, to yeah to thank you, you scott this, this yeah, has been this so been much great. fun So that was our talk with Scott. And again, uh, we want to thank Scott for having us on. It's funny because, you know, when you're having a conversation with people and then like a week later, you think of a response. And you're like, oh, I wish <laughs> I had course. said that. But we were talking about uh, right at the end there, good album openers. Right. And I was saying that the only one of the only albums of Genesis that didn't have a good album opener was Invisible Touch. And Scott asked, well, what would we replace it with if we didn't want it, the actual title track to be the opening number? And I couldn't say anything. I know Scott posited Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. I think you, Mike, had said Land of Confusion. Right. And then several days after we recorded, it came to me. It's like, if Feeding the Fire had been on that album, I think that would have been mm -hmm. a great opening track. Right, and would have and would have given would have given a very different mood to the start of the album. I actually think, and again, I might have said something different when we did our Invisible Touch episode. I'm actually, today I'm fine with Invisible Touch the song as an opener. You know, it's it's quick, it is catchy, and it it kind of does set a mood for the album. Maybe different from what the other things are, but then slamming right into Tonight 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 after that definitely is like oh this is an album of moods so you know it's interesting but yeah i think feeding the fire would have been a great opener you know if not of side one then if not back in the album days it would have been a great side two opener also right it could have been a good side two but i yeah again that's a different alternate universe as we of course sometimes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes so well great so Thanks again for listening, everybody. We know this this might have been doubling up for you. If I would certainly recommend going to check out uh, Scott's channel, uh, Everything Phil Collins. See, I am remembering <laughs> this now. 
And I think because, again, I think that there's a lot of great conversation and chat out there in different communities that build up around these things. And so, you know, YouTube oftentimes, I don't know if he does live streams at all, but sometimes when if you're doing a live stream, you can have those interactive chats with people and everything. So which we've talked about, you know, exploring also at different times with tabletop Genesis. So that may be coming in the future, maybe so. And he's got a lot of different great topics he'll do yeah. individual track analysis he'll do polls he'll uh put a question out to his viewers like what are your top favorite as he said third tracks of every album like it's very right. like <laughs> whatever comes to his brain he'll put out and right. and they're you know i'm interested to know that too so it's yeah it was it's definitely worth checking out yeah and they're quicker too you know we we do tend to go on a bit and <laughs> I think a lot of his videos are like when I was looking at over over them, there's some 10 minute, 15, 20 minute videos and everything. So they're a lot more digestible than than our average episode is. Yeah. So, so yeah. But again, everybody does it a little bit differently. And that's the great thing about this kind of democratization that's happened with, you know, everybody being able to have a voice online is that there's a lot of different options out there for people. And we appreciate that you're choosing Tabletop Genesis to listen to. Yes, we know you have many podcasts to choose from, so we appreciate you choosing <laughs> Tabletop Genesis. Exactly. Put your tray tables in the upright position, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, on that note, I will say that I am Mike. I'm Tom. And this is Tabletop Genesis. We'll talk to you again soon.
listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have the shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast, or send us questions we can address on future episodes. talk 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 now our waves seem about the same size it's funny yours are bigger but mine are, yours are huge bigger now. than it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> yours are about the way they were okay. and mine is almost as big as yours so all on right. my end of things so all right it's all working right. i think so. we're good yeah exactly so all right cool so we'll just start this up <laughs>